Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hey, it's Sindan, Anecdotes Head of Marketing, just chiming in here to say, yes, Mark's audio is a little bit fuzzy in this episode. We realized he had an issue with his mic after recording. So it's not you, it's us, and we'll be back to normal very soon. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Callahan. And hey, everybody. I'm Mark Schenk. And Sean, you've got, a, uh, you've got a space story for us today. Yeah, I do, actually. It started, I learned about this uh, going to a conference uh, in Las Vegas back in 2005. So this is like a year after we got started. And I met the librarian for the Jet Propulsion Lab, a lady called uh, Teresa Bailey. And she'd She'd, she's been in this role for a long time. In fact, she still does this job. Uh, 41 years later, she's worked as the librarian there. And one of the things that uh, she does is she organises these regular, uh, what, what she sort of calls project story sessions. And what happens is the project directors and, and project managers come together in the library, and they kind of tell the story of the project and the lessons they've learned. It's a really good learning culture, right? And and people, it's sort of like the informal side of what, what went on. So all their peers turn up. It's a very, uh, people are very interested in, in these sessions. Well, she was telling me that, uh, you know, just recently she had a doozy of a session, right? And it came about because... On the 9th of September 2004, uh, they sent up or um, they had a, a space capsule re-enter the Earth's atmosphere called Genesis, right? Now, Genesis, I mean, there's all these different space exploration projects and you probably won't remember Genesis, but Genesis was a, a capsule that collected um, samples uh, from you know, essentially uh, solar winds. It was sent into the solar winds that went around the sun and it orbited the sun for three years, just collecting these atoms. This is the level at which the, you know, the scientific experiments were done um, around lots of different gases, etc. And because the research cargo was so delicate, as they were re-entering the atmosphere, they couldn't just have the capsule as it would normally do pop open its parachute and 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 land on the ground because even that jolt would be too much for the the cargo they organized three helicopters and their job was one of them if they're in there so it had to be in three different places to make sure they could capture this but when the capsule's chute would open they would have this big hook that would come down and scoop up the parachute so that they could descend it slowly to the ground well, on the day, you know, everyone gathered to watch this momentous occasion. There was a big hangar full of people. There was people in the mission control room. And, yeah, there was a, a, essentially a guy in the mission control room narrating, you know, the descent, right? And, and as he went through the different stages, everyone was clapping and, you know, smiling. It was very exciting. And, and then people could see it was being filmed at the same time. So you could sort of see the capsule spinning as it, as it does in you know sort of getting closer and closer to earth and then all of a sudden the narrator just pauses and he says looks like we have no shoot sir and all those faces that were smiling 
sort of went to sad, sad faces actually. And, um, and the, and the capsule just smashed into the Utah desert, you know, it's so hard that it, it, it went half the distance of the capsule into the ground, right? And the impact was phenomenal. Um, well, a number of months later, you know, just as, as things, there's a dust settles, as they say, um, <laughs> Uh, Teresa thought, oh, I'll go and chat to the project manager, a guy called Don Sweetman, and um, you know, see whether he'd be up for a talk, you know, at one of her sessions. But he respectively sort of uh, said, no, thank you. Uh, it's probably a bit too early, too hurtful at that point. Um, but what was interesting, though, is that a, a year later, she went back to Don and sort of said, look, how about that talk? And he said he agreed. And by this time, you know, if you like the, the, the formal investigation, you know, had this massive investigation into this um, and had, had actually happened. And they'd worked out essentially what went wrong, which was um, there was a, an accelerator uh, that uh, just would tell, tell the chutes whether the, the capsule had slowed down to a point where the chute could open, right? Anyway, it was installed backwards. You know, it's like one of those head-slapping moments. Um, but he got up there and he, he filled in, you know, because there's lots of contractors involved. I think, you know, Lockheed Martin was one of the, you know, the big developer and putting it all together. And, and so to a packed audience, Don Sweetman sort of unfolded and, 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 and told that story of all the things that happened. You know, and you know, for the want of just one, you know, you know, in a, in a multi-million-dollar project, this one device, you know, just turned the other way, essentially destroyed a lot of the data that they had captured over those three years. They still got some, which was good, um, but a lot had been destroyed. Um, but they still had the mind mindset and the culture to actually go through that process of telling that story and, and, you know, sparking stories from people in the audience and really trying to learn, you know, from, from these catastrophic events that can ha happen in an organization. Yeah. That's fantastic. The back, they have the, uh, the, I don't know, the courage, the, the culture where they're able to stand up and talk about a complete failure, a disaster yeah. uh, and learn from it. Yeah. And I guess that is why, Jennifer's monthly sessions in the library are standing room only. Yeah, because you get the real, you know, the you real story, really you know, well. and you know, yeah. you get the nuances and the, you know, the yeah, you know, of course it's told by someone's perspective, right? So it's not an investigation in this that sense. It's just someone's view of what happened. Um, but it's someone close to the project, the project manager who gets up and does that. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's a well, particularly with uh, with failures, like most organisations just have the habit of, you know, their their culture is hide it, never talk about it again. This never happened. Move on. That's so true. That's so true. And I and I and I, you can sort of somehow see why that happens in a lot of commercial organisations because they're thinking of the the reputational damage and how the media is picking up on something that and amplifying in a way that would help would impact on their brand, right? So they just go, okay, we're not going to talk about it. Let's just move on. But, you know, for the detriment to the organisation in the long run, I would imagine, because oh, well, that's you know, right. you know, how you're can, not learning. How can, you, how can you learn from 
I mean, that's a great learning opportunity. Well, humans throughout history, you know, we've learned from the mistakes of others. You know, the five people that walked past the saber-toothed saber tiger cave and only three came back, right? We learn from that. That's right. <laughs> and I think I read somewhere, I can't remember exactly where, but someone was sort of saying that, you know, the negative is something like, you know, 10 times stronger than the positive in terms of don't do this. So, you know, you can be told do that, but it's the don't do this is actually a stronger message, something we'll remember, something that, you know, will really stick in our mind and guide us. And I think that's particularly important in complex, messy situations, you know, because just saying do this, you know, that whole idea of best practice, it may not be the best practice in your situation, but there's a whole bunch of things to avoid could actually be useful knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, the, the military... Uh, uh, had a big impact on the on the field of knowledge management and learning uh you know organizational learning with a very simple activity that they do called an after action review right yeah it's kind yep. of embedded in in their their culture um and and interestingly it's it's almost exclusively at the tactical and operational level and never at the strategic level um and uh yeah they just ask a series of questions around what was supposed to happen what actually happened why was there a difference between the two and that process of exploration, everyone learns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's right. So tell me, thinking about this story, right? I mean, let's do our thing, right? What, what do we like about this story? What stands out for you? Um, yeah. What, 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 what draws you to this story in any way? Oh, well, uh, the... The visual of the uh, of Genesis hurtling past the helicopters, and you know, they, you know hitting. In, I don't know what specific words, but I'm picturing it smashing into the Utah desert. Yes, so that that, and, and I guess um, you know, space and like just the 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 scale, of not just the uh, not just the endeavor, but the the resources and the time frame. You know, what's this guy? Was working for seven years on this on this project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think anything that has, um, uh, I guess, some pain involved in it. Again, because we learn from negative, right? You see something happen like that, it really draws our attention. You know, especially as everyone's smiling, there's it's that difference from oh, it's all going well, and then, oh, the machine's not opening, sir. I like how you put sir on the end. I thought it was a very formal touch to uh, you know what was going on. Um, I'll put, I, there's a video of all this, by the way, um, on YouTube, and I'll we'll put the link in the uh, notes, show notes, so you can have a look. Um, yeah, so I think anything like that is that's sort of a dramatic thing, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's. It has impact. <laughs> I think Much it's like I th the space spaceship. Yeah. Now, um, I think the other part for me, which makes this an interesting story, is that it was told to me by Teresa. Mm. Right. So uh, I feel I've got, you know, the sort of degrees of separation of story. I, you know, probably only there's probably only two degrees between me and something that happened there. Um, and so you feel a bit closer to it in some way. Uh, rather than it just being a news article. So that, I think, is uh, certainly appealing to my telling of that story, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, an, it's an interesting one. And I'm, I'm thinking about um, how to make that story even better in the context of it's a story about having a learning culture. Yeah. And yet almost all of it, not, you know, 90% of it was about 
the event, the genesis event. Yeah, yeah, right. right? Rather than about having a learning culture. Um, and so um, just thinking that if you're, that there's a, oh, I don't know, an opportunity to, to kind of just make that linkage clearer so that uh, people aren't talking exclusively about the excitement or, you know, not the excitement, but the, the, the impact of the genesis thing. And they're talking more about the impact of the guy's willingness to talk about it. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm not too sure if I 100% agree on that because sometimes you need to hook something, an idea of an event which is remarkable, right? And so in this case, the remarkable event is obviously Genesis capsule smashing into the ground, but you know the concept can be a fairly small concept. It's like the other day I was coaching a, a guy from um, Amazon and I was just trying to help him find that the, there's lots of good stories in your life. And I said, I said to him, oh, look, and I just went out riding this morning. I said, do you ever go riding? And he goes, oh, yeah, I ride quite often. And anyway, and I said, where do you ride? And he tells me this little story. And, and it's quite a dramatic story about how he nearly gets killed by a bus, right? And, and so the story is a big element of it. But he didn't even see the business point, right? He told the story and it was like, he sort of wondered why he would tell that me that story, right? And I said, oh, this is, and part of it was because he didn't, he didn't have a, a good sense of his surroundings. He didn't have that. As soon as you gave him that business point, which was a tiny element of that story, that story had meaning, right? So in that case, and I think in also in this case here, the actual point doesn't have to be a big, take up a lot of volume of the story, but it has to be something that makes sense for the people when they hear the story. All right, so I, I, I now want to know what happened. So with the, um, uh, uh, the, the guy and the bike and something about not being aware of his environment. Yeah, well, he, yeah, well he, he, he just nearly got knocked off his bike by a bus because he didn't realise it. But he was too busy talking to his friend who was riding next to him to notice a bus coming his way. And Right, and so even though it's a bus, it's not, it's not small, it's hard to miss. He nearly did because he wasn't yeah. paying attention. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't so was... looking at his environment. He was very focused on the task at hand. And what he ended up doing out of it was buying himself a mirror <laughs> to uh, you know so he could see what was happening behind him so that was that was the end of that story but there's two things there one mark and you see this all the time when you're coaching people is that people tell a story and they have they don't even think that that could be a good story oh it doesn't even hit their rate because they it's because they're having difficulty quickly thinking of what the business point so listeners this is the the magic of business storytelling and that is you got to have an experience and if you can think of what the business point then you've got something great and especially if it happens to you what what better story to tell right because it's, it, it, it's not even i, I just be aware of it's not even something great you just got something useful right yeah because, yeah you know great you know so it's just useful just having something useful so that when you're talking to somebody instead of using abstract language you just go ah oh, this thing happened this morning da 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 really taught me the importance of paying attention to your surroundings and we need to do that with this project. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So um, now um, anything else, anything else we'd say about this story in terms of making it better? I mean, there probably is a, an argument, you know, you could, any great thing about stories, you can collapse and expand them. So you probably collapse some of that um, elements of the story. Anything else? 
I don't know. Um, uh, uh, perhaps zooming in on, was it Peter, the project manager? Don. Don. Just, you know, maybe a little bit more of his you know, emotion because uh, that was his baby. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so, and I guess that's one of the reasons that people turn up is they see the raw, the, yes. the raw stuff that's at those right. sessions, yeah. not the not the expurgated, filtered. Um, Press release version. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think it's probably, you know, like anything could be a shorter version. I think um, also some of the things I had to be mindful in telling this story was in my first telling, I didn't really put in that on my first sort of go through this story. I didn't put that much effort in understanding the delicacy of the cargo until I asked myself the question, why did they have helicopters bring this thing down, right? And then, you know, a bit of background. Because, you know, Theresa never really told me that. I, I just thought, you know, this was something they just had to do. I didn't know why. So, again, you know, you have to answer some of those why questions as you go through the story. It's almost like you're second-guessing what your audience might be wondering. You know, you sort of start to answer some of those without giving it all away, of course. Now, just uh, something that I'm... I'm this might have go nowhere, but I want to tease this out a little bit. When you were talking, when Teresa was telling you this, what was her, was she like excited? Uh, was she matter of fact? Uh, um... Well, because well, we only just met and I'm sort of saying, oh, so what do you do? You know, and I run these, these sessions and, you know, and I'm asking yeah. questions, right? And, and I say, have you had any really interesting ones? And she said, well, I yes, I actually have. And so she told that story. Um, and it really hit me. Like, this is, you know, how many years ago now, right? So I think that's, that's how it was told. In fact, it was sort of matter, matter of fact. And some, a lot of the details I didn't get from Teresa. I had to go and to Wikipedia to get those, oh, okay. you know. So she gave a much smaller story, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So, what would you give this story, Mark? Out of uh, out of ten, where are you thinking this is sitting? Well, I'm going to put it in my story bank with a six, a solid six. Yep. Uh, I'm disappointed when I hear six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, the reality is for me, uh, this is a pretty niche story in some ways. I mean, you know, but here's the thing that surprises both of us, doesn't it? Like we put these stories out into the, into the ether and people come back to us with uses that we hadn't had any thought for. So, uh, but I'm going to give this a, I'm going to give this a six and a half because uh, I can't bear just leaving it a six. And um, yeah, I think that's all sit in the in the in in my levels. And I'm really uh, for this one. I'm very interested to all those people who are listening with a uh, who are in the learning and development uh, uh, space. Uh, do you have any other examples that illustrate the importance of having a learning culture, or any other business uses of this particular story? So I'm quite I'm I'm quite interested to tease this thread out a little bit. Um, my sense is that there are a lot oh, of stories out there. There would be heaps, absolutely. 
Well, guys, I think that's a good place for us to wrap things up. So thanks again for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And yeah, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio. 